0: Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show! The following podcast is an exclusive presentation of Project Entertainment Network the prolific writer podcast episode number 52 chuck buddha stops by the show yeah that chuck buddha and he's back again let's go welcome to the prolific writer podcast where speed's the name of the game follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration tips and advice on writing fast writing often and writing well so you can do the same here's ryan Well, hello, hello, hello. This is your Prolific Writer podcast host, Ryan J. Pelton. I am so pumped, so glad you are here, my friends. Prolific Writer Nation, episode 52. Chuck Buddha is going to be on the show in a little bit for a second time. He has become our Justin Timberlake of the show. He's on number two, round two, and I, I wanted to have Chuck back on the show because first he's just a fun guy he's a he's a great guy we have great conversation just one of those guys just easy to get along with lots of fun and wanted to talk to chuck because he's gone through some interesting things that where he's gone from full-time writing uh with no day job to going back to the day job and so we talk a lot about that because i know for writers you know the dream of being full-time the the dream of just writing and and so he talks about going from writing all the time to having to learn how to write in the cracks of his life and, and still wanting to write you know, lots of books and tell lots of stories. And, and so I, I hope you're really encouraged and inspired by uh, Chuck because I, I think it's a great just reminder that you can still love writing and still be productive even with a day job. And I really admire Chuck because he... You know, he had to go back to to work and and get a job and pay bills and support his family, and and that's a noble thing too. And so we don't want to look down on that either. And uh, and so we have a great conversation about that. So hope you really enjoy that. Just a couple things as we, be, I should say, before we get into the interview is as always we are sponsored by. Subculture and Corsets. One thing I do know if you are listening to this in December is that Christmas is around the corner. And so, Subculture Corsets and Clothing is our sponsor. And today, anytime, if you go online, go to their website, subculturecorsets.com, put in the prolific writer and get 10% off your next purchase. They have all kinds of cool stuff men's clothing, women's clothing, steampunk, gothic, retro, corsets, you name it. You can get no other than our prized leader of the Project Entertainment Network, Armand Rosamilia. You can get his books there. You can check those out. If you're in the Jacksonville, Florida area, go check them out. They are just off I-95. You can or for most of us, probably not in the Jacksonville area, go to their website, subculturecourses.com. get 10% off, just type in the prolific writer at checkout and they will take care of you. So make sure to check them out. I am doing well, uh, cranking out the words, working on some things I have. I feel like lately it's just been a lot of editing. Um, I don't love editing. It's not my favorite thing to do. I like writing. I don't like editing, but I have some projects in the works and, uh, Some of you have known I've been working on a couple children's books with my son, and we are in the process of editing one of those and finishing up another one of those. I'm also working on a book on the craft called The Prolific Writer, and I'm really excited about this project. I'll give you guys more details in the future, but I'm I'm editing that I'm working on that and really taking some of the principles and convictions I have about writing uh, that we talk a lot about on this show and putting it into a book form where people can enjoy and read. And so that should be out, uh, ebook and print and audio, um, early this year, 2018, which is weird to say, but, um, but yeah, working on that. And, uh, there might be some other possible courses to go along with that. Some other cool stuff, uh, to help aspiring and current writers continually be prolific and what that looks like and how to do that. So hopefully you'll be encouraged by that, helped by that. And, uh, I'll keep you apprised on that. So without further ado, I would like to get to no other than Chuck Buddha. Enjoy the interview. Welcome, everybody, to the Prolific Writer Podcast. This is Ryan J. Pelton, and today I am privileged to have on a second-time guest, Chuck Buddha, And I think this is our first show that we've actually had a return guest, so that's pretty exciting. So I say hello, Chuck Buddha.
1: Well, hello to you, and uh, I appreciate it. I think the privilege is all mine. And um, by the way, I am a big fan of, of this show, and I think Jake Bible uh, was on twice but but if i'm if i'm on in, in if i can be mentioned in the same breath as jake bible then I, i'm i'm excited with that so
0: well now actually to go on to to go correct that is actually those are greatest hits episodes but that is not a new episode those are oh it wasn't no those are reworked episodes so Wow. Um, he was one of the first I had on. And so I wanted to, you know, people kind of forget about the early episodes. So I'm like, you know, 50 episodes in. So I had to share some of the love. So this is an I, actual,
1: I, I, actual, <laughs> I, 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 actual second interview. The first show.
0: <laughs> yeah. There you go. See, that's why I did it. I've done that a couple of times now, just kind of replayed a couple, couple interviews just because people missed them or, you know, the quality wasn't as good or the sound sounded weird. So I, I redid a little bit of it, but uh so Chuck uh, is a horror writer, and uh, and I wanted to have Chuck on because I, I love um, – I'm going to start bringing on guests again because it's been not quite a year, but um, a lot has happened with Chuck, and um, he's written more books and some other things have happened too. And, and I love hearing just kind of your journey and where you've been and what's gone on, what you've learned, kind of the ups and the downs, because I think it's important for our listeners to hear kind of the the ups and the downs of writing. It's not all, all up and it's not always all all down. Um, but you know, things you've been learning along the way and, and things that you're not applying that, uh, Armand Rosemilia is telling you to do and things like that. So <laughs> we can discuss all that. Um, so thanks for coming on Chuck. And, uh, yeah, why don't we just start kind of where you, where you've been, what's kind of the latest and greatest with Chuck Buddha.
1: What's the latest and greatest with Chuck Buddha. Well, uh, last time I was on the show, yeah, it was about a year ago, I guess. And, um, you know, we had talked about, I was on a, a really devilish pace of, uh, publishing about a book a month. Um, which was crazy, but at the time I was unemployed. So, uh, you know, I had lost my job a few years back to, uh, corporate downsizing or right sizing or outsourcing, however you want to say it. And, um, I had always had a dream of becoming a professional author and, uh, I was a closet author, you know, I, I wrote since I was 12 years old and, but was too afraid to put it out there in the real world and be judged. Um, But when I lost my job, I I finally said, all right, well, you know, I actually have a chance to chase my dream now, so let's do it. And that's what I did. And um, so I was on a torrid pace and I was loving it, um, loving life and really living through the stories in my mind. And um, but then reality struck. And, uh, it, you know, it was time to pay some bills. <laughs> so as as much fun as I was having and I was making money, but um, definitely not enough to pay the mortgage and, and all my other obligations. So um, and the market had turned and I was able to find work again. Well, I, I guess I should be clear. I never stopped looking for work, um, but I was definitely enjoying my life as a full time author. And, um, you know, the worm had turned and I, I found another job. And uh, got some paychecks back and was able to make good on my mortgage and some other important payments and uh, got financially back on track. Um, But the writing definitely suffered, you know, so uh, my tarred pace washed away. Um, I was still writing, but obviously I could not crank out uh, as much work as I had Mm -hmm. been accustomed to um, being a full time author. And Armand, uh, who. Co-host the Mondo Method podcast with me um, about writing. You know the, the ins and outs of writing from a novice and a, um, a a veteran's perspective. He kept laughing at me and teasing me on the show and offline. You know, of course that you know, you're not going to be able to keep this up. It's it's too crazy. It's crazy. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're going to burn yourself out. I'm like, no, no, no. I got this. I got this. You know, I'm a workhorse. I can't sit still. So uh, for me, it, it was it was really a matter of not only fulfilling my passion, but um, keeping busy. I just can't sit on the couch and watch Jerry Springer as much as I love that show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he had warned me and he said, I can't wait for the day when I told you so. And, and sure enough, that day came and I, w- I was singing the blues to him either on the show or offline. And, you know, Oh, I can't crank out all the stuff that I, I wanted to. And I have all these stories that are lined up and, and so he told me so, and uh, so reality struck. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so it, it's been different uh, the last uh, eight months or so. I'm still writing, um, you know, still putting some stuff out, but the, the pace has definitely um, calmed down. And uh, it, in a way, it's good because it's forced me to adjust. Uh, I think at the beginning, I was just throwing stuff up very quickly and not spending any time on marketing or honing the business side so it was all it was all craft mm-hmm. and um you know as as anybody who who puts stuff out there knows it's that that's one half of of the authorship the other half is getting out there selling it and um letting people know about you and and I was definitely not good at that I'm still not particularly good at it but I've gotten better so uh mm-hmm. the slower pace has forced me to improve on the business side so but it's been a fun it, it's it's and like you said earlier um ryan it's been a journey and uh you know anybody who who is interested in writing knows it, it's never about the destination because uh the day that we're all stephen kings or um jd robs or somebody like that is few and far in between but people still do very well and and live happily uh with their writing craft it's just uh everybody has to find their own pace and their own journey. And and so mine has shifted a little bit, but, but I still love it every day. I pinch myself that, that I'm finally doing uh, what I've always dreamed about.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's great. I think your story is interesting because usually it's, you know, talking to people and saying, what's it, what's it been like to transition to, you know, full-time author as opposed to essentially writing full-time to not writing full-time and, and, you know, what, what's that been like? And so I want, I want to dig into that a little bit in just, just a moment um but you you know you said said something interesting just about craft and about growing the craft and I, and I think you know for a lot of writers I remember Hugh Howey years ago saying you know his goal was to write 10 books before he'd ever even start marketing anything and uh he actually you know wool hit pretty um I don't think it was quite book 10 but you know wool hit and he, he became his best selling author and didn't really have a chance to do that and it kind of just took off without really <laughs> any marketing which is always nice but Um, but, but there was some, I think some, um, lessons to learn there is that really at the beginning is we're not really that good. I mean, you know, you can read my first novel. It's not very good. It gets okay reviews, but, um, but you know, you're learning how to, how to actually start a book, finish a book. You're, you're learning about dialogue and story and and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, and I think, you know, your journey is an interesting journey because, you know, you, you cranked out a lot of stuff at first and, you know, maybe didn't have the marketing stuff behind you because you're just cranking out books that was kind of your marketing but uh, but talk a little lo- <laughs> talk a little bit about that just kind of what you've learned uh as far as the craft side uh goes and we'll we'll talk about some other things too but um just as you were kind of cranking out the books what what were, what were you learning about story about putting a book together you know even things that maybe you didn't do well at the beginning it, it kind of figured some things out um how are you kind of learning from those those experiences
1: um yeah that's an that's an excellent question um craft-wise, I've I've become, I think, better over time uh, accepting my voice. And not that I wasn't accepting of it, but uh, I, I think a lot of times when, not if you're a closet writer, if you've been writing all your life, I don't think you push to have somebody else's voice. But what I found uh, once I started to publish my work was I, I was forcing myself to sound like X author or Y author as opposed to being myself. And um, so from that standpoint, I've become a lot more comfortable being me, being Chuck Buddha, as opposed to trying to be Dean Koontz or somebody else, because I'm not them um, and they're not me. So um, so so that's been an an important part of the journey Um, in terms of like the the nuts and bolts of the writing. I, I don't think my because I've been writing since I was 12, uh, I think that my prose has has been um, OK or 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 still, you know, good as good as it was then. It is now. Um, I don't think it's improved vastly. Um, I, I have gotten tighter, I think, in terms of um some of my word choices and the structure of of the sentences and the paragraphs. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of uh, my progression with telling tales or plots, I I think I've always kind of had a knack for that just because um, I'm a natural liar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I got into a lot of trouble as a kid. So I found uh, and that was probably my the way I developed my gift at an early age was I just, uh, I learned to tell lots of stories, um, as wild and crazy as they were, they got me out of a lot of trouble. I did a lot of bad things when I was a little kid, um, probably like all little kids, but I was just probably better at getting out of it. Uh So, um, so, you know, in terms of telling stories, I, I think that, that, that mechanism is has been in place for a long time, but, but yeah, some, some of the nuts and bolts have tightened a little bit. Um, and and I've discussed this with with Armand and some other writers too. Um, I, I think you reach a point, and I don't want to say of diminishing returns, but I think you reach a point where, um, you know, an, an author is probably only going to be as good as they are with, you know, their their structure and the words and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I don't see authors, at least in all the books that I've read and in my own journey. Um, transforming too much from from one side to the other, you know, you're you're pretty much um, who you are uh-huh. when, when you when you write. Um, but I, I have gotten better, so I, I think the pacing um, of my stories has has improved a little bit. Um, you know, so it's uh, it's been almost two years now, and um, I honestly I, I should probably spend more time looking at my earlier stories and comparing them to, to my newer stories. I, you know, I, what's funny is I, like you, I think my first book is, you know, not my best stuff. Um, and I still get a lot of good feedback on that book Mm -hmm. that, that people are like, Oh, you know what you did here and what you did there. And it always surprises me because, um, you know, when I'm at conventions or book signings, I I tend to push the newer stuff because I feel more at ease and more Mm -hmm. comfortable with who I am as an author and and I try to um, not hide, but almost like brush aside the, the older stuff, because I I guess in fear that somebody might find out that, you know, I started sometime. Um, sure. I, I wasn't always, you know, who I am today. And uh, but people still still come back and, and say that they like that first book. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, who, who's to say, I guess all all art is in, you know the eye of the beholder. So um, I, I am my own worst, probably toughest judge and critic. So,
0: Yeah, you said some interesting things. I, I think the uh, the idea of, you know, getting better, uh, I, I think sometimes it's, you, you get better, like you're saying about voice, you know, you kind of get comfortable with your own voice, your own kind of writing from your own, you know, most authentic self, if you will. Uh, and I think that's, that's really important. Uh, you know, what makes a story unique? I mean, you're probably not telling stories that are all that unique, um, because most stories have the same common threads, but it's because you tell it in your voice, you tell it with your, you know, certain accent, you know, that New Jersey accent, um, <laughs> are you, you know, uh, it's just the, the ways you describe the room versus how someone else would do it. And, you know, you read a Stephen King book, you read a Dean Koontz, you read a, a Chuck Buddha, like it's the, the things that they emphasize is going to be different than the things you emphasize or, you know, the way you write scenes is going to be different. And uh, that's why I think writing's so cool as far as an art form, because it, th- we're never going to run out of books or stories because everybody can essentially tell the same, you know, journey, you know, what is it? Hero's journey tale. Um, mm-hmm. But you're just going to use different characters and different voice and different, you know, um, settings and all that. And, and, and that's, what's, what's, what's fun. Um, because I heard, uh, I think it was Jake Bible, you know, when he came on, almost a year ago uh he was just saying he's like you know i I asked him well how do you write in sci-fi and how do you write in you know more um you know he's writing a zombie book or whatever it is and he's like well essentially it's just telling the same story just with different characters in a different setting i mean it's not you know because i was like well did you do like a bunch of research for the sci-fi he's like no not really just it's like zombies in space. I mean, you just, you just kind of switch it up and change the characters a little bit. And, you know, I mean, that's a little overstated, but, um, but, you know, yeah, it is interesting how, you know, what does growth look like? What is, uh, you know, are we, are we getting better or worse? I don't think it's that. I think it's sometimes it's just how we tell the story is better. You know, it's tighter. Mm-hmm. Like you said about, you know, pacing. Um, I think, you know, my first book too, I think, people liked it. I mean, I didn't get knocked on editing or grammar or anything like that. That was fine. Um it's just the pacing I think was too much. Like it was just you know, I I wanted like the ultimate page turner that, you know, no one would ever put down. And so, but you know how that is, like as a reader, <laughs> like we like that until we don't. <laughs> you know, it's like like oh, it's so fast. And I just need a br- I need a break. Can you can you give me a break? And it's like, "No, more death, more you know, more chases, more, you know, this and that. And, you know, you kind of learn from that too.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I, I like to, you know, my, the knock on me, well, it's a self described knock is, is <laughs> I like to write my horror, um, with a thriller's pacing. So mm-hmm. I, I like to keep it as, as a page turner too. And I started out very much, um, hardcore page turner mm-hmm. and whereas i think my pacing has while it's tightened i think that the tension has slowed down and become more of a build as opposed mm-hmm. to you know cracking the reader over the head at the end of each chapter with it with a cliffhanger mm-hmm. um you know but going back to what you had said it, it, it's true there's only so many ways you can you can do it and jake bible is great at it because I, i'm a fan of his work you know everything that he does um but it you know, think of music. It's the same notes and chords, but you can go from Vivaldi to Metallica to, you know, mm-hmm. the Misfits. Uh, um, it's all ac- across the board. So right. it's it's really the, the same. And it's probably the same with uh, with painting, too. It's mm-hmm. the same brushstrokes and colors on the palette. Um, it's how it's arranged that makes the difference. So, um, you know, it, it it's really it's it's just a ton of fun yeah, it's <laughs> and, and, it, and it's very exciting because um, it, everything is new and different, even though you, in a way you're kind of doing the same thing. And I'm really looking forward to challenging myself in the future um, to try and do some different stuff. So um, some things I've talked about on the show with Armand, like dipping my toes into a little more of a sci fi, um, you know, type genre, but. Um, But there's some other things that I have not talked about public that I, you know, I'm thinking of doing. So um, which which may or may not be received well, but, you know, that that's kind of um, sometimes as an artist. And I put that in quotes because I don't consider myself an artist. But um, sometimes as an artist, you 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 have to try to do something completely different and off the wall and, and see if it works. And if it doesn't, oh, well, you know
0: yeah I think that's the the joy of writing I mean it's the the fun of being you know stretched sometimes you know writing something that's just not maybe it's not comfortable or it's not maybe something you don't read or uh but you know even if it doesn't come out well like one of the books I have that no one reads is still my favorite story like hands down it's 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 my least selling one but I I just love the story because I I think it's a lot of me it's a lot of my upbringing um Hmm. it's kind of it's I grew up in in LA and by the beach and you know, there's a lot of uh, just some of that beach setting and roller coasters that I loved and, you know, just just a lot of kind of me. You know, it wasn't about me, but um, but, you know, I still think it's one of the better written ones I have. And, and so, you know, you need to go buy it. It's called The Boardwalk, by the way. Uh, but uh, that was a subliminal marketing. See, that's what you need to do. <laughs> that was very Chuck. catchy. Yeah, you just. You <laughs> um, but, but, you know, it's just it was it was a stretching thing, too. I mean, it was just a total different you know i didn't have any characters i didn't have any you know it was all new and all that um but but that's what's what's fun i mean there's nothing that's that's stopping us from doing that um and and i think you know for me i i'm always trying to uh just work on one thing, you know, if it's, you know, your next book, sometimes it's like, you know, I I really need to work on like the last one, the dialogue wasn't great, you know, I need to grow on that, you know, maybe just focusing on that, or maybe I need to do better at description or, you know, so it's not everything, but it's, you know, each book, you kind of go, you know, I think I did description a little bit better that time, or I kind of gave people a sense of what was going on, or other books, maybe were a little more thin, or, you know, and you just try, try different things. Um, So, so let's talk a little bit cause your, your journey is so interesting from going, you know, tons of time to write and now less time to write. So talk a little bit how your process has evolved or changed since you started working full time again. What does that look like for you now? Kind of still writing, but, um, you know, more in the cracks of your life. Talk about that.
1: Oh yeah. It's definitely cracks of my life. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like a Rorschach test now. It's, uh, it's a little splotch here and a little bit there. Um, I, it's something that I, I I still continue to struggle with. Um one of the things that that I found freeing, believe it or not, uh as a full time author was was a regimented schedule of writing. Um and, and I guess because by by coming to the keyboard every morning at seven o'clock and sitting down and working until lunch and then, you know, doing whatever, I knew uh, what my day held for me. And so the creative side took over because uh, everything else was kind of spoken for or, or dictated for me. So, um, you know, there's a lot of structure and I, I found that my creativity uh, flowed very easily and, um, and quite judiciously. I mean, day in and day out, I had no problem sitting down and just cranking out, you know, five, six thousand words a day Uh, Without an issue. And now, um, by the way, I know a lot of authors have full time jobs and I didn't know how they did it then. And I still don't know how they do it (laughs) because, um, wow, it's it's so now you know i've tried different schedules i've tried the get up at four or five in the morning and write schedule i've tried the sneak off at work at lunch and write in a corner somewhere schedule i've tried the come home from work and write right away and i've tried the come home from work you know pretend to be a family man and eat dinner and say hello to everybody and then disappear somewhere else later in the night um I've tried it all and I have not gotten anything to consistently stick. So, um, probably my, my best, uh, my most consistent writing now is, is on Saturdays. And, uh, I usually find a way to sneak off to a local community college and bury myself in, in the library where it's, uh, it's quiet mm-hmm. and, uh, and I can crank out a lot of work. So, so Saturdays and Sundays are are typically better for me now. Um, and I think it's gotten easier, you know, it, I would never have been able to do this in the past, but um, now that my children are older, you know, I have a son who just went off to college, and my daughter is um, in high school now, in, in the middle of high school, so um, they're much more self-sustaining, so my, my the level of uh, busyness on weekends and activities that I have to show for people around uh, has curtailed, So um, so it affords me that luxury of being able to Kind of catch up on weekends, but yeah, my, my Monday to Friday um, is a mess. So it's kind of catches catch can, and um, there's there's no real rhythm, and and it causes me to struggle. You know, I got to be honest, I I do struggle um, not only with the consistency, but with that with the creative flow mm-hmm. because um, because I am snatching moments of time here or there. I find that. Uh, I have to work a little harder to, to get the creative side of my brain to show itself um, because it's still stuck with the problems that I had at work or, you know, whatever that's going on in the household here. So it's uh, it's it's been tough, but it, it, it's um, it's interesting. Uh, I'm still getting words in, but um, definitely not to the level. You know, I, I was cranking out about a half a million words a year without a problem. And um, this year I'm probably going to hit like 250. So I'm... I'm at half of, I'm half Chuck Booted this year. <laughs> oh,
0: he's such a hack, Chuck, too. I mean, quarter of a million words. I mean, what are you, a girl? I mean, come on, you're a Jersey guy. That's unacceptable. Well, um, you know,
1: Armand used to laugh at me because I would show him my charts where I had 1.8 million words, <laughs> you know, I was going to get done each year yeah. and how I planned to do it. And right. um, yeah, so uh, Armand's had a good time, I think. Yeah. Um, showing me reality little by little as right. i as i progress through this
0: <laughs> now armand's a little bit of a hypocrite though because he did you know publish 45 books in a year so you know he, he he's got a you know maybe he's, he learned from that but uh you know he can't he can't with a clear conscience say you know i told you so because he's he's been down that road too um well, he does.
1: He does remind me though, too. He, he says, you know, the reason that we do this show is so I can tell you all the things that I screwed up on, so you don't <laughs> right. do the same thing. Right. But just like kids, as you know, as a father, mm-hmm. the kids want to learn on their own. Yeah. So I go, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to do that. And then what do I do? I go out and do that. It's yeah. Exactly what our kids do when we say, don't, don't touch the stove. It's hot. Oh, yeah. They're still going to touch it because they they want to find out themselves. I do. I do the same thing.
0: Yeah. And and we don't trust most of what Armand says anyway, so you know, we try to. <laughs> I would
1: never admit that. <laughs> yeah, take it
0: with a grain of salt. Um, no, no, it is. It, you know, and you you have to. You said you said some things, some interesting things, because you know you have to kind of experiment with what works for you, and obviously you're still trying to figure out kind of what what's the best time to write. And uh, I just wrote something recently about. I reflected on. I, I did a nano this year, and uh, you know one of the things I realized was. I was kind of fighting. I I was getting really tired in the evening. That's usually when I write. And uh, I just kept... Doing it anyway, even though I was just like i why am I do I'm like not getting any words, it's just as horrible, I'm like slogging to get like eight hundred words or whatever
1: mm-hmm. and
0: instead of trying to sh- switch it up, I just kept fighting it, you know rather than trying the morning or trying over lunch or whatever um and so you know sometimes you just have to kind of experiment, kind of know your season of life, know when you have time, you know, like you said, Saturdays or Sundays might be best in a library somewhere um but I'd be curious how have you uh now that you've transitioned a little bit. As far as like deadlines, are you setting still kind of setting uh, deadlines for for projects to kind of say, well, I know I don't have as much time, but I'd still like to get this book out by this time, this book out by that time. Or is that kind of out the window, too?
1: Oh, no, I I I still have my spreadsheets and my Gantt charts and everything that says you're going to get a book out every month. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I may not publish it, but but my goal is to finish a book a month. Um, It's an epic fail and uh I will go out on record and say that you know I I I've gotten better with accepting my lot in life with this newer pace or slower pace um but even though I I have accepted it I don't like it and I fight it um you know again I, I'm a workhorse it's just the way I've always been and uh to me you know i'm always going to try and put in 12 hours of effort um even if it's only 2 hours so uh it kills me inside um that that i can't crank out that that level of of production so um no i i still have the goal of doing it because you know i i go back to my old days when i was like a huge tony robbins fan and and all those guys and i'd listen to those audio tapes in my car and stuff and um, you know, I I would rather shoot for the moon and miss and and land on a big star somewhere than um you know shoot for something that's five feet away uh, and miss. So, so I, I still have the the big hairy audacious goals, but I I am not even close to hitting them. And I'm not going to let go of those goals. I'm going to continue to to push and fight because, but that's kind of who I am. You know, I'm a fighter. I, I like to I like to force myself into, um, difficult (laughs) situations and uncomfortable places. And it's just something I'm really good at. I'm, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a smooth person and, uh, it's, it's just the way I'm built. So, um, you know, I, I continue to to push myself, even though, um, I know I'm not going to hit that. So, uh, I, I think I will though, see somewhere deep down inside, Ryan, I, I do believe I'm going to crack this nut and I'm gonna still be able to crank out a book a month and still have a job. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that. I haven't found it yet, but I, I'm not letting that go. Mm-hmm. I, it's I, I believe it's gonna happen, and um, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna keep trying until I get it. So.
0: Well, and I think it's you know it's it's not it's not. I would say it's, it's doable. I mean, I, I've had people on the show, it's, you know, um, a NaNoWriMo a month and I, I think it's doable. And I, I think you're saying something really important. Years ago, someone told me, and it changed my life really as as far as writing goes, uh, you know, think like a publisher, not like a writer. And I didn't know what he meant at the time, but now I understood what, you know, he said, you, you have to have like a production schedule. You have to have a publishing schedule. Um, and I love what you're saying about, you know, spreadsheets and goals and things like that, because I think what happens with a lot of writers and, and I think honestly why they peter out is because, you know, they work on this book for seven years. They, they never finish it, but it's because they really never set any deadlines. They don't set any goals. I mean, it's it's making that shift to say, you know, I'm a I'm my own publisher. I'm my own, you know, um, business of, of writing. And this is my business and I have to set goals. I mean, no, no business in their right mind would say, no, we don't have any goals. We don't have any deadlines. We don't need to ship anything. Um, and still having those goals in place, even with the full-time job is, is essential. Uh, because I found even in, you know, year to year, I I don't always hit my goals. I mean, most years I don't. Um, but I still get those books out there because I have those things written down. Um, Mm -hmm. now I may say, Oh, this year I'm going to do seven, but I only get five but I know if I didn't have any of those things written out, I'd probably maybe get one. Um, so it's, it's, it's just that, that constant, you know, you have these projects, you have these ideas, you have these stories and you know, and sometimes you, you, you even have to say, Hey, we're only going to live so long and we have these stories we want to tell and we want to get them out there. And so, you know, just kind of winging it or just kind of, Oh yeah. If, if, if time, if life slows down, well, life never slows down. Um, you know, maybe we'll get there, but but I think you're saying something really important is just keeping that grind, that publishing attitude, even with you know limited time, is uh, you'll be amazed how much you do actually continue to 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 crank out. Um, You know, I, I love what like Dean Wesley Smith's doing, you know, with writing in public and and he he shows he's like, hey, I work I work seven eight hours a, a, a day with another job, and then I write, and here's how much I produce in a year, um, and it's a ton of stuff, um, so. So it is doable. I think, um, you know, it, it's just a matter of kind of finding what works for you and and what uh, what your goals are. I mean, don't don't tell Armand you're saying all this, but um,
1: you know, <laughs> he knows. He he yeah. laughs at me all the time, yeah. and and I wish I could take credit and 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 say Ryan that that my goals and all that is because I'm thinking like a publisher. Uh, <laughs> It's it's exactly the other reason that you had mentioned. It's because I have so many damn stories in my head that I just want to get out before right. I croak. Mm-hmm. So because I look at it, you know, I just turned 48 and I say, OK, you know, I got a late start in publishing, not in writing, but I got a late start in publishing. And now I have all these stories that I want to get out. Right. And I literally have to work my butt off to get them out because I've only got, you know like 20, 30 years left to live mm-hmm. according to all the insurance charts and stuff. So, <laughs> so when, when I look at it, you know, that's really what, what motivates me. It's not so much the money or, or, uh, the business side, although I'm not going to lie, I, I would love it to be the money because I'd love to go back to full-time writing. Mm-hmm. It's really because these stories are demanding, uh, to be put out there and, uh, and there's just so much time that, that I have left. Yeah. So, you
0: know, yeah, no. And it's, I just read an article the other day about that, you know, this uh, woman was talking about how she didn't start writing until she was 40 and she was kind of regretting that just because she did have all these stories and she was kind of dabbling and, you know, messing around in the closet kind of thing like we all do and then uh, finally said, you know, I'm just going to go for it and uh, I, I think that's important um, because there's, you know, with writing, I think everybody thinks about money and full-time and all that but I, I think there's such a, there's kind of an existential weird motivation uh, for why we write, I mean, we would write even if we no one looked at it or paid for it, or you know that, for most people that's not the motivation it's those stories you wanna tell and uh so i wanna dig into that idea a little bit um you know, you write typically write is it safe to say mostly horror uh in the mm-hmm. horror, horror genre you know you got some supernatural elements and things, some weird you know uh weird cowboy stuff, and um some fun stories, and you've written done some collaboration with with some folks and short stories and um, novellas and novels and and all that. Um, I've been having this kind of interesting conversation and I've just been kind of observing, you know, now that I've come over to uh, the project entertainment network. Yay. Um, Yeah. Awesome. Part (laughs) part of the family. So that's been, been fun. And, and, and I've noticed, you know, there's some, you know, quite a bit of horror writers and horror podcasts and I've interviewed quite a bit of horror writers and, and um, you know, people that write kind of darker stuff. And, uh, you know, just all and this isn't a political statement, but just with with all that's going on in the world and just, you know, evil and and political stuff and pain and suffering and they ever, you know, and that's just, you know, even on our, in our own neighborhoods. Um, you know, one thing I'm noticing is that like people that write tend to write in the darker stuff seem to be some of the most well adjusted, um, down to earth, <laughs> healthy people that I've ever met. And, and that's, that's kind of messed with my head because I think I've, you know, even when I started listening to like Stephen King, like on interviews on YouTube, I'm like, this guy seems so normal. Like he has like, he's been married for 45 years. He's got healthy kids. (laughs) Like he's not this, like, you know, you just imagine this guy who's, you know, really creepy and weird. And, um, but is there something to just kind of getting out those fears, getting out that dark stuff to, to, is it kind of like, you know, therapy is it? Is it counseling? Is it? I mean, what happens when you kind of get some of that stuff out of you? You know, you seem like a very well-adjusted family guy, down-to-earth guy. You're not this like crazy psycho. So, um, talk about that.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad I've hidden everything from you and everyone <laughs> right? else. Now. Um, yeah, why is there I mean, a knock
0: let's... on my door? Oh, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know what? I, I think that there's definitely a, a level of um, exercising the demons by by being able to do it, but Um, quite honestly, I, I've just been, uh, fascinated with horror since I was a little kid. You know, it all started out, um, when I was small, I I was like five or six and, and my babysitter used to watch, you know, creature double feature on Saturday nights (laughs) or something. And, and, um, you know, like like most kids of the 70s, my parents would put me to bed in the summertime when it was still sunny out <laughs> right. and it would make me crazy because I'd hear the kids outside playing. But I was in bed in my footsie pajamas. So I would sneak down the hall and look over the couch behind the babysitter and watch these horror movies um, that she was watching. And so I've always been just fascinated with uh, darker, scarier things. I, I guess it, it it does something to me. It titillates me or something. Mm-hmm. Um So, so that's really where, where my love of it comes from, but yeah, there's definitely been some difficult times in my life where I found, um, it coming out in my prose, whether I was writing songs or poetry or, um, short stories or even just journaling. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. It's strange. I, I think, I think, I think a lot of authors are very well adjusted and normal people, um, just by the pure fact that they do get to work out a lot of the issues in life through characters and through stories, mm-hmm. um, I think it's just more surprising and and alarming—not alarming, not alarming mm-hmm. but just just maybe more surprising that horror writers are 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 not these evil people. You know, I, I still get the stink eye from my parents and from other people. Sure. You know, some people at the office find out that I do this, and and uh, they'll be like, "What?" You do what like oh, like who would do that? Only a right. street urchin would write such <laughs> drivel, and you know, and right. and it's like oh well, you know, uh, it's it's fun, like you know, but but it's funny because those are the same people who will go watch uh, Halloween, you know, the the sixteenth version of it come out at the movie right. theater. They're online getting tickets to go watch that, but I'm I'm a creep for writing it. Right. So right. Um, yeah, it's weird. I don't know, but I, I have to agree that everybody that I've met so far. Um, you know through through the conventions and and through the genre and the podcast and stuff have been tremendous people and so very down to earth and helpful yeah. nobody has nobody has like held up their cards to their chest and said, "Oh I'm not going to help you succeed um yeah. everybody has been so generous with their advice and their time and um it really startling to me because right. uh, growing up in corporate America where everyone's sticking a knife in your back and trying to climb over you mm-hmm. um, you know, it's bizarre to work with people who come in and go, no, let's all succeed. And you're like, what right. are you a real person? Like, uh, I don't understand this. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. It's, It. I guess I have just been in the kind of this reflective state, you know, even looking at my own writing and like, why, you know, why did I write the book that way? Or what, what was I trying to work out in my own dysfunction? And, And, you know, a lot of it was like family related and my own, you know, I went through some stuff. My parents got divorced when I was like a teenager and, you know, uh, just the fear of like being a dad and and losing your kid and, you know, just Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. And you realize, yeah, those are like, those are my fears and, and, and those come out in the work. And and I think that's like a healing thing though. It's, it's kind of a, I don't have to be scared of that. Like, I mean, you know, anything can happen to your kids obviously, or us, or, I mean, you can't control that, but um, but it's just a way of kind of dealing with it, or just stuff you see in the world. And um, I, I wrote a like a crime. Uh, I, I read some crime novels, and you know, one of them had to do with race. It was kind of this set in the in the South, and this kind of racist group comes in, and and I realized it was just a lot of stuff that was going on in the in the culture, and and stuff I was kind of wrestling with, like why you know why we hate everyone, hate each other, and why is one group of people always you know looked down upon or attacked or killed or beaten, you know, and and it was just a way of kind of like dealing with it without being political, without being, you know, ranting on Twitter, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. know, it was just my way to kind of like, you know, you're talking about journaling. It's like, it's just a way to kind of you know get it out there. Um, uh, And, you know, recently too, I just read something they were talking about um, helping mentally ill people and people with addictions, like just start journaling and start writing. There's something freeing about, you know, we keep things such so bottled up, you know, that's just our human nature, you know, or it's, or it's, well, it's just easier to watch Netflix and not deal with my own pain. um, Right. Is, is just to start writing that out, like how you really feel and how you really, you know, and I know for men, especially, it's not easy to do because we're, we're definitely not wired that way. Naturally, we always want to, you know, be tough and put on the facade and all that. But, um, but yeah, there's just something to that. Um, And so, yeah, just as I've been interviewing all these authors and around writers myself and, and just talking to people, I'm just really, really encouraged by, you know, how writing is such a, it just does so many things for people in, in good ways. Now, granted, there's a bad seeds and all, all those things and like anywhere in the world, but, um, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting conversation.
1: Now, is it okay if I turn the interview on you? Do it. Okay. So, um. That being said, even though we work out some of these issues and stuff, doesn't putting it on paper and putting it out there, even though it's through fictional means, doesn't it scare the crap out of you? <laughs> I mean, that, that that's really why I wrote, quote unquote, in the closet for so many years. You know, I was still writing all that time, but I was so afraid that people would know who I was or figure me out or you know that somebody would find fault with me or judge me and and that's really why I you know it took me extreme pain of not having a job and not having anything to do really no hope left to mm-hmm. to live except to finally go after my dream mm-hmm. to to do it um to to rip off that band-aid and allow myself to yeah. be vulnerable to the world and but I still get scared by that. Then, does not scare scare you to death like that, that? You know, you're you're putting yourself out there.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's probably what kept me from. I mean, very similar stories like from ever you know not i i wrote i you know i still write nonfiction, a lot of non-fiction but um that that's such a different thing i mean you're just it, it's not really you it's you you study a topic you research a topic you share an experience you know you write about it it's not that big a deal <laughs> but you know it's something i don't know what it is why fiction for whatever reason you're just like i can't i can't no one can see this like <laughs> this is you know there's just more emotion there's more you know i mean yeah well some you know there's language in it there's you know there might be murder there's you know um you know like you said your friends at work it's like oh geez you write horror. give me a break you know (laughs) um but then you read you know the box office numbers for horror movies and it's like off the charts and like horror movies are more popular than they've ever been and you know all this kind of stuff you're like somebody's watching this stuff you know um you hypocrites um But yeah, I I think, I don't know why, and this is conversations I've had with probably dozens and dozens of authors, is why is writing such a vulnerable, insecure thing? I mean, even people that have done it a lot, they still go, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Who would want to read this? What if they find out I'm a phony? You know, even after you've done it, you know, dozens of times, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, why is that? I mean, it's, you know, it's like we, we there, there's, you just don't meet a lot of authors who are just like, oh, I'm just so confident. I'm so, you know, they still go, yeah, it might work. It might not, you know.
1: And maybe it's because we spend too much damn time in our own brains, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and it's a solitary
0: yeah.
1: um, process predominantly. So, uh, you know, I guess it's different because if you're practicing on a team or something, you get direct feedback right away. You know, when you drop that football, that you stink and you need to go to the sideline and learn how to catch a football or something, you know? So, so when you're doing some other kind of craft, there's the immediate social, um, repercussions of you not performing or, um, or feedback if you are performing, but you know, your boss or somebody wants you to do just a little bit better. Um, you know, they give you that feedback when, when we're writing, we're by ourselves and you're sitting there and you think it's the greatest thing ever. And then when you pause over that, you know, publish button, you you quiver and quake and go. Wait a minute, you know, I thought it was good, but now I'm not so sure. And and what if it's not? And then you know, everybody's going to hate me, or they're going to see this, or they're going to judge me. And um, I I I that's what I think it is because we're just so ingrained in our own thoughts. But I don't know. I'm still still scared out of my mind yeah. every time I, I hit the the publish button. And, and and I know even Armand, who's done, you know. 150 releases or whatever he's, he's got totaled now. He, uh, you know, he's, he's mentioned that to me too, that he still kind of hovers over the, the publish button and thinks about it. It's, uh, it is, it's a frightening process yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yet we're still drawn to it like moths to the flame. Right. You
0: know? Yeah. And I think, I know for me, like, cause I read a lot and you know, you've obviously read a lot over your lifetime. Um, is I just compare myself and I just, you know, you read something and you're like, Oh, this is so good. And I'm like, my, this is not like my, writing at all exactly um, you know and i think there's so much good stuff and you just go oh this is terrible um but you know i i think too like it, it works in reverse too it's like you know the the best sellers like they have no idea who, what's going to be a bestseller and and then the stuff hits and it's like what who who saw that coming mm. um and it's because i think writing's so subjective you know it's it for some it just really hits for others it doesn't you know, it's like when a friend, you know, gives you a book recommendation and you always feel bad because you read it and you're just like, this is a word. I don't like this. Why, why, <laughs> you know, it's like, how do I tell my friend who's just, you got to read this. It's the best thing, you know, or, or the restaurant, it's the best restaurant. Go have, they have the best pizza. And you go and have, it and you're like, this is terrible. Um, you know, you always feel bad because you're like, I don't get it. Um, it, you know, it's, it can be very personal, very personal taste, very subjective. I mean, the stuff my wife likes the stuff. I like are very different. Um, But, uh, yeah, it it is, it's a weird, it's a weird game in that way. Um, you know, and, and I think maybe also because we, we do, we do put a lot of our own emotion and our own stories as much as, you know, people always try to give you that advice. Well, just, you can't write, you know, yourself, you can't, but it's like, that's impossible. Like you're always writing yourself into those stories. Um, yeah. It's your
1: experiences right. and the thing. Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, cause you're usually, usually if with the character, you want it to turn out maybe the way it didn't turn out for you. And so, you know, or it could be the opposite, but you know, when, when stuff didn't work out, it's like, yeah, I want, I want dad to come home when he left, you know, I don't want, I don't want him to abandon me, you know? So I have that control in my fake story, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And you know, just the emotions you felt or the the pain you felt or, you know, or even just like fun little thing. I mean, little childhood memories that you put into your writing. You're just like, oh, yeah, I remember this one time when I did this, and I kind of, you know, made a little scene about that that really happened to me. But um, it, it is very personal. It's very, um, you know, maybe it is just a way we keep dealing with our own pain and, you know, struggle.
1: I don't know. It's definitely interesting and and it's a ton of fun. So I try not to overthink it too much, yeah. but of course I do at times. Like yeah. you know, like you said, you know, you find those quiet moments. You're like, what? Where did that come from? Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> well, like lately, I've been trying to convince my wife. You know, she's like, she doesn't like reading horror. Like I like Stephen King and stuff, but she she has this very because um, uh, she hasn't read a lot of it. She's she doesn't like scary stuff at all. And, and I don't like obsess over scary stuff. Like I'm not a big horror movie guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like, you know, horror, darker horror books and things. And, and the thing I try to convince her is like, you read a Stephen King novel, like everyone thinks it's like killing and slasher every other page when it's not at all, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's, I mean, he's one of the better storytellers. I mean, you know, a Dean Koontz, whoever, um, the way they just kind of bring you into that story, that everyday life, the small town, the you know, and the backstory and all that. And then, and then, yeah. And then of course someone's going to get killed, but, um, but you know, it, it's 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 just an interesting, um, immersive way where it kind of plays with your fears. It plays with your you know. I read uh, I reread uh, oh, what was it, uh, Pet Cemetery recently. Oh uh, yeah. And I forgot how great that story is. Like it's such a slow build. Like it kind of in the middle, it kind of hits. You know the cat gets all you know demonized and comes back and all this but then like nothing happens for like the longest time and it just keeps building and building like what the heck's going to happen at the end um but it's that fear it's this that like losing a child uh, family you know marriage dysfunction like all of that he just brings all of that out and it's like you almost lose sight of like oh yeah this is a, supposed to be a scary book like the thing I'm scared about the most is his marriage falling apart. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, and, and he just has a way of kind of doing that. And I think that's, a I think why I'm drawn to kind of the darker stuff is just that, like being reminded of like, Hey, I have a, a wife that I need to tend to as well. Like, you know, that's a real thing and I don't want to lose her. And I don't, you know, I don't want to be neg- negligent and all that. Um, but how stories can kind of bring that out of us, you know, Um you know, even as kids, when we're scared of, you know, it you know or the clown or whatever sometimes just dealing with it through a book rather than real life is is more you know satisfying
1: yeah and and you know i i think and you had kind of touched on it earlier i think some of the rise in popularity of the horror films and i'm praying horror fiction um i i think is just because of you know the, the stuff that you see on the the 24-hour news cycle and um, the YouTube videos and everything else. I, I mean, it, life is scary. And I, I think, you know, we're all the, the, the rubber necker that goes past the car accident on the road. You know, we all want to look, we, we don't want to admit it, but we all look. And the thing is, is, uh, you know, I think hard gives us that chance to, to do it in a safe environment. So I think that's why people, um, feel comfortable going and, and viewing this kind of stuff because they know it's fiction, they know it's fake. And then they're going to walk out of the theater afterwards or close the book and their normal life is going to be back, you know, completely different from, uh, getting on a, a bus and a terrorist blowing it up or something. So it's, uh, you know, it brings, I guess the, 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 the depravity of life, um, the dark side of life, Uh, bringing it to us allowing us to experience it but in in the safety of of our homes or our our movie theaters so um you know i i mean i admit that that sometimes that helps me too because some of the stuff that i've seen um you know with the beheading videos and stuff, i i still have nightmares about it and and i hadn't i didn't know those people they're on the other side of the planet Mm -hmm. um but it, I mean, it left a, a stain, a scar on my brain that I'll never get rid of. And and to me, um, that's true horror. And and so, like what I do, and what uh, you know, some of these other authors do, uh, we play in a safe sandbox that's um, much much brighter than than what's going on in some places of, of the world. Wow, that got really dark. You know what? Let, let's just. Yeah change go, the topic
0: <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about hallmark movies um hey i got so. these
1: new shoes and they look so cool now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah sorry for bringing us down that road but uh but no i i think this is good i, th- I think uh just w- when people are are you know there's I, I get a lot of questions too like aspiring writers or even you know closet writers that are you know i, I write some dark stuff i'm not sure you know can i share that is that appropriate that uh you know, I think, you know, having these conversations are important, you know, not to give anyone, you know, this is the way or, you know, this is what you have to do or, right. Um, you know, sometimes this, that's a safer place to work it out than, you know, actually doing it in real time or real, you know. Yeah, if
1: I could do it with a guitar, believe me, I would do that right. because I love heavy metal and I would love to be on stage shredding it, you know, in right. front of 20,000 people, but yep. I just cannot do that. So yep. this is what I do.
0: <laughs> yep. So your black metal unicorn story, is that still in the works?
1: <laughs> it, it's Viking black metal okay, um, yeah, that's right. crossover. No, the the unicorn, I, I think Mr. Frank threw in the unicorn because he likes to, to pick on me. So, uh, yeah, that, that's one of the stories that's, that's pecking away at the, the left hemisphere of my brain okay. saying you got to get done. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that would be one of the ones that probably doesn't have a big market. You know, it's, yeah. in terms of marketability, it's not large. But I think the the five or 15 people who would be interested in that would probably devour the mm-hmm. the hell out of it. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: that's good. So t- I, I wanted to ask you uh, just a couple more questions. And one was, I was just interested, uh, you you were talking recently on, I think, one of your, your shows uh, about conferences. And uh, you had done... Quite a few of them. I, I just follow you on you know Twitter and 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 uh, Facebook and everywhere else. Um, is uh, yeah, just kind of what your experience has been with with uh, conferences and signings, I and mean, you've done some kind of local stuff with with mm-hmm. some other authors. And yeah, share a little bit about kind of your experience with that and how that went, and and you know what you learned from it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, getting out to the public is is awesome. Um, it's a ton of fun and you know, you meet such amazing people, um, people who already know what you do and, you know, they're there to meet you or to, to buy your, your newest copy of something. And then you meet people that you probably never would have met before, but because, you know, a convention put you in the same place at the same time, they find you. And now all of a sudden they're, they're reading you and they're, they're sending you emails or, you know, Facebook message. Oh my God, I can't believe what you did. And this is great. And when's the next one coming out? And, um great great experiences uh I probably went overboard this year because I did like 8 or 9 um <laughs> conventions so you know there's a money aspect to it yeah. so that's the downside is you know you got to um you got to travel to these places and and where I am there's a couple of conventions in New Jersey but for the most part you know it's it's elsewhere so I drive all the way up as far as Massachusetts and as far down as Florida mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I travel a little bit to, to do the convention. So, uh, so you got travel costs. Um, and if it's far enough, it's hotel costs. You have, um, you know, the table and and the marketing materials and all that stuff and paperback copies. And, um, but man, is it a ton of fun and, uh, it's tiring though too, you know, because, uh, especially this year I, I got the job and, and I pretty much used all my vacation time, uh, was spent to travel or to, to travel to or from, conventions or to work at a convention. So, um, I really didn't rest or relax this year at all. So, so, you know, I'll probably be changing that tact a little bit in 2018. Um, but, but it's a great time, you know, you're never really going to break even, uh, with the money, uh, which I, I learned, um, the hard way and, and not such a bad way because again, it was fun. Um, but it's more about, um, trying to pick up five or six new readers who, who really make a connection with you and stick with you through the rest of your, your authorship. So, um, you know, it would be great if you showed up at a convention and sold 50 books. Um, but the likelihood of that, you know, and, and the people actually sticking with you and reading your other series and your other novels is probably slim. So, you know, you just try to make that connection with a handful of people and, and, um, and take it from there. And then the other stuff that we did is, uh, we had learned from, actually Armand had started this, uh, I guess it was not, it was last year. He had done a book signing in a microbrewery um, in his hometown in New Jersey. He actually came up here and um, and did a, a microbrew uh, book signing. And that, that was actually the first time I had met him in person. So we had been corresponding via social media and email uh, a little bit before that. You know, and I was telling him how much I loved his shows and I liked his writing and blah, blah, blah. And, and he was like, oh, I'm going to be in New Jersey. So, you know, come out and meet me or something. I was like, all right. So I, you know, typical fan. I stalked him and went there. I was like <laughs> the first person there, helped his <laughs> wife and him carry the crates from the car into the place. I mean, you know, nice. this is who I am. I'm sorry. Um, you know, so I, I but, but we had a good time and and it was really cool to to see him. Uh, have a beer and just talk to people Mm -hmm. and you know to me and that was really my first foray into public um book selling or marketing Mm -hmm. i had never seen that i you know i know authors do book signings and stuff all over the place but i've never been to one i never saw it in person so it, it was enlightening to me and then uh uh, we tried doing one on our own um, later that year. Uh, Mr. Frank, Frank Edler from the Bazong Show and I did one at a, at a microbrewery in Central Jersey, and it was phenomenal. Um, we sold a buttload of books. Mm-hmm. A ton of people showed up. The place was packed. We drank our faces off and uh, just had such a great time. And we actually had a couple of other authors show up um, that I was fans of because they're in the area and they... they saw it on social media and they showed up. I mean, it was just awesome. So then, then the beers and fears book tour, uh, was conceptualized. And and that's when Armand came back to New Jersey earlier this year. And we actually did, um, what was it like five nights in two weeks Mm -hmm. at five different breweries. And again, it was great. We sold a bunch of books, um, different parts of the state got to expose ourselves, um, you know, in terms of what we have and, uh, what we can offer and, and met some new people and, uh, and had a great time. And so we continue to do that. Um, you know, I kind of have my little standing group of, of buddies, um, Frank Edler and, and Tim Meyer, again, they're, they're local authors and, uh, and the three of us do a lot of conventions and, and these breweries together because, uh, quite honestly now at at first it was because we were too scared to do things alone and we were trying to team up, but now we just love to hang out with each other. And, right. you know, we're t- constantly texting and emailing and talking and stuff. And uh, now we do it because we're selfish and we just want to hang out with each other. And, oh, and if we sell some books, that's great. So, uh, sure. you know, so, so we have a blast and, and it's a lot of fun. Um, those are a lot more economical because a lot of times uh, what you do with the microbrewery is you reach out and you say, Hey, I want to do this. You know, I'm going to bring my friends and family and and fans here and they're going to buy your beer and, you know, just let me have a table to to sell my books. And if somebody wants to buy it, that's fine. If they don't, that's fine. Um, You know, and and it doesn't work. You know, half the breweries won't won't even answer you. The other half. Well, here I'm going to be like uh, weird math because I have three halves. Okay, so one third (laughs) won't even answer you or respond to you. Another third will say you can come. But you got to have like a full out event and we're going to cater it and it's right. going to cost you this. And then the other third, which are the the really fun ones, will say, yeah, just show up and, you know, we'll give you a little table or a little area and you can do what you want. And and we show up and it doesn't cost anything and you have a great time and you meet people and sell books and and, you know, our friends and family come and they drink with us. So it's kind of like a big block party everywhere we go. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So. Uh, so, yeah, it was a very busy year uh, sold a lot of books that way, but it, you know, it's, it's very tiring. It's very time and money. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of money if you're going to conventions, if you're d- just doing the microbreweries, it's nothing. But, um, but the other thing that, you know, I look at and, and I've talked with Armand about is, uh, just exposure. I mean, it's great for local exposure. Um, or, and when I say local, you know, I'm not only talking about the microbreweries in New Jersey, but I'm talking about the conventions on the East coast. So I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I might be a big star on the East coast, but does anybody in Oregon know who Chuck Buddha is? Does anybody in Seattle know, you know, probably not. So, um, you know, so kind of what I want to shift and do differently next year, if I'm a real businessman is figure out how to, um, gather that same exposure and pick up four or five new readers in some other parts of the country without having to fly across country and do, you know, specific events. I mean, if, if I can, I will, without a doubt, um, uh, because I love the face to face interaction with people, but, uh, you know, it, it's just logistically and, 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 um, you know, difficult. So, so probably trying to figure out other ways to, to get that kind of national exposure without having to travel so much. But, mm-hmm. um, so we'll still do stuff in 2018, but it'll be, uh, scaled down. T- you know, I, I kind of figure that it'll be, um, maybe every other year or something, I'll go crazy and do all kinds of public events and then take a year to step back and, mm-hmm um pay off some of those debts and mm-hmm. you know um t- put my money elsewhere you know in terms of ads or or other types of things so
0: that's great no i, I think you know public you know face to face you know old school kind of marketing it still works um you know and again you can't reach the masses but you know one person goes hey i, I like i met chuck he's a good guy i got his book oh i like it you should check it out and, you know that kind of spreads um i think we 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 minimize that you know and, and also i've i've heard you know yourself included like you know you meet someone at a conference or workshop or something and you know all of a sudden you're right you're part of an anthology you know or they invite you to come and speak to some people about writing or you know that happened to me once it was just a random invitation it was like hey do you want to talk about writing and da and you know that wasn't planned that was just just a networking thing it was just real life relationships and i think you know, those can be really valuable. You know, you are we're, we're so in tuned and inclined to online stuff that we forget about. Like there's real humans out there. And, uh, and like you said, you know, just building friendships and having a good time. It's not all about just selling, you know, it's also about, you know, these guys you get to hang out with and enjoy their company and, and you can't put a price tag on that too. So, yeah. So yeah. yeah.
1: And I, and I wouldn't even have, you know, all of this stuff that I've been involved in with, with project entertainment and, and, and with Armand, came from me meeting him in person i met him in person and then you know um that kind of ramped up our discussions and and i never said hey take me under your wing and help me i mean (laughs) that man completely did it on his own accord and said hey i want to help you let's do this stuff Uh um and then and then i saw him at a convention in virginia and then that's when he came to me about the mondo meth and he's like you know i really like you and let's do this and I was like, wait, you want to do something with me? You know, I'm a nobody and you're somebody. And, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, all those connections and, uh, you know, I've been able to meet Brian Keene and then Brian Keene asked me to interview Edward Lee and Rath James White. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. You know, and that came from meeting him at a convention because I had never had the opportunity to talk to Brian before. So um, it's just and it's not only the networking there. It's also networking with fans. I've met some truly amazing people, um, who I'm still friends with, you know, and and it's, I never would have met them if it weren't for going to the convention and showing my book. So it's, um, you know, it's a good time and it's definitely well worth the, the, the effort.
0: Very cool. Well, Hey Chuck, it has been a a, a privilege and uh, it's great having you on the show and, uh, thanks for coming on and, uh, kind of given us a review and an update and so tell people kind of what you are working on right now what you got coming out or what you just had come out and also where people can find you
1: all right well uh people can find me on amazon um you know look up author chuck buddha or chuckbuddha.com um i'm all over twitter and instagram and that stuff too and uh, recently i am part of the middletown three uh metal apocalypse um anthology that just came out it's Jack Wallen's zombie anthology and it's it's got like all the top names in in zombie authors in it um and then me and um it's really cool it's about you know zombies and heavy metal concerts in Newark New Jersey so um that's really fun so that that came out recently and uh, I'm currently working on book 4 of the Zombie Lockup series which is my Caged 4 and uh Tourniquet, which is the final chapter in the Gushers trilogy. So, uh, no lack of stuff going on. And then of course I'm already trying to start book four of the son of herb series. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm also trying to come up with a standalone and a, a book of short stories. So a lot of stuff going on, um, you know, trying to get it all done. And like I said, I'm I'm sticking to my plan. Um, it's just going to be slower. So, but yeah, um, check it out and definitely, uh, listen to this show because this is still, one of my favorite shows. And I'm so excited that you're part of the network now because, uh, you know, not that it changes because I I listened to you before and I'm going to continue to listen to you, but it's like, it's like now my boy Ryan is here with us, man. It's great.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I told Armand, hopefully I don't bring the quality down. So, you know, thanks for, for having me, but, uh, no, thank you for that. Uh, no, thanks, Chuck. I, I really appreciate you being vulnerable and just sharing your ups and downs. And you're going to help a lot of people just by coming on and, and checking in. And uh, yeah, look forward to doing our shows together on the same network. So yeah, check out uh, Mondo Method uh, as well. And you'll love that show. I, I love listening to it too. I learn a ton from it. And uh, all the Project Entertainment Network shows, there's a ton of them. We can't even keep track anymore, but uh, I know. <laughs> they're, there's, they're all over the place and there's they're something for everybody. So So check those out. Well, hey, Chuck, you have a good one and thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, Ryan. I had a blast.
0: Well, there you have it. Prolific writer nation, Chuck Buddha. Thank you, Chuck, for coming on the show. Go check out Chuck's books, chuckbuddha.com. He's got tons of stuff out there, tons of stuff coming. If you like the scary stuff, the creepy stuff, the stuff that keeps you up at night, go check out Mr. Chuck Buddha our friend from New Jersey. We are so glad to have him on. I just loved his story, his vulnerability, his honesty of the the challenges of going from full-time writing to writing in the cracks of your life with the day job and just what that looks like and learning how to kind of transition into that. And and so thank you, Chuck, for coming on and and helping us and encouraging us and helping us get those words on the page. So thank you for that. Go check out subculturecorsets.com. Get 10% off the prolific writer at checkout They would love for you to do that. We would love for you to do that. Go check out all the new shows on Project Entertainment Network. There's a ton of them and uh, all kinds of stuff. Faith, pop culture, writer shows, you name it. There's all kinds of stuff. So go check that out. Project Entertainment Network. We're so thankful to be part of that family. And I just have one thing. As we close out our program and our episode and our show today is Prolific Writer Nation, go get those words on the page. I'm Ryan J. Pelton, and I will talk to you real, real soon.
1: Join us each Wednesday on the Mondo Method Podcast, brought to you by Project Entertainment Network. The Mondo Method Podcast features authors Armand Rosamilia and Chuck Buda as they discuss the writing process from both the veteran and the novice perspectives. Each episode ends with a segment called Marketing Morsels, where expert publicist Aaron sweet Al-Mahari teaches everyone how to promote their work and sell more books. Check us out on the Mondo Method Podcast on Project Entertainment Network. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.